Welcome to the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast, where we help you go from making your work your life to making your life work. We share true stories, interviews, and experiences that will help you, the hero, in your quest for passion and purpose. Higher purpose, higher productivity. This is the Purpose Driven Executive Podcast. I, I don't know. If this is like, um, if this is the Canadian version of Donnie Tuttle, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe in the future, I'm trying to figure this out. We're, I don't know how um, Pradeep Sangha and I have met. We've stopped trying to figure it out. We're just saying, <laughs> man, this is this is a God thing. Who knows? But uh, I want to introduce you to someone who has, he is the head of the male entrepreneur. He also runs a consulting practice with, again, purpose-led, purpose-driven executives, people who are bringing um, not only order into the boardroom, but also into the, the household and um, just helping people become better men. I want you to look him up. Definitely find his profile, find his website right now as you're listening, as long as you're not driving. Uh, welcome the one and only Pradeep Sangha. Hey, Donnie. Well, what an introduction. So I'm going to have to live up to that here. So thank you so much. It's actually an honor to be on your show. And I know we've chatted before, so we have such similarities. And I, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to share the message. Dude, I, 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 I got to tell you, this is the most excited I've been for an interview in a while. Not to put other people down, but um, man, I'm just, I really want to hear uh, what's in your brain. So before we go any farther, mm -hmm. We got to know your secret identity, brother. Like, who are you? And, um, yeah, tell us who you are. And I don't, you're not allowed to tell us what you do. Yeah, exactly. So Pradeep saying, well, if I could sum it up in one, a uh, couple of words, it would be I'm a farm boy. I'm a farm boy at heart. That's basically how I grew up. Um, you know, my parents were immigrants that immigrated here from India and they had next to nothing. And all they knew how to do was really work hard and they got a job on an orchard and things just went from there. So eventually they bought their own orchard and that's kind of how I grew up was I was born and raised on an orchard. Literally, they would be working, picking apples and cherries and they would have me in an apple bin, my brother and I, because sometimes they didn't have childcare. So that's, that's the environment that I grew up in. I really, I'm a big, uh, I, I, I love nature. I love just animals. I just love the beauty of this world and, and that is truly who I am uh, inside. I love people as well. Sometimes people say, you know what, you love animals a little bit more than people. I could probably agree with them. Um, I just have this, a, a soft spot there. But, and I'm also a husband. I have a beautiful wife, a loving wife. I have two young kids. Uh, and that's really what my life revolves around outside of what I do is really my family. So I'm a, I'm a husband first, a, a father, and then everything else that I kind of do outside of that. Um, and I'm a firm believer of just living life to the fullest because, you know, people ask me, you know, pretty, what's your take on life? You know, what would you say the purpose is? Because as guys, you know, I, we, we always question ourselves and I always say it's living life to the fullest because we're put here for a reason and we might as well enjoy our life and live it to the fullest. So that's how I, I live my life. And that's how I really hopefully encourage others to live their life. But in a nutshell, that's pretty much who I am. Come on, man. We're here for a reason. All right, man. Pretty. And I'm going deep. All right. Yep. Immediately. And if there was a song to your life, I believe that we all have a message that when other people look, it hopefully is something that, that is either um, convicting them or giving them permission to do something that releases their song. If there is something, if there's a message that is Pradeep saying, 
What is it, man? Wow, you know, that's a tough question. And that is it. through the chords of G. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say the listeners are going to tune out on this one for sure. Um, um, and that's a really tough question from a lyrics perspective. You know, the one thing that just popped out of my mind is the eye of the tiger, really. The tiger, baby. Yeah, just, yeah, just giving it everything. So, so, but, but if, but if there were, let's just say the phrase that, that no one, no one else put it onto a, into a top 40 chart anywhere. Oh, okay. The phrase that is the essence of you. Yeah. How do we make this a world a better place? You know, that's, that's the big thing is that's what I'm constantly thinking. That's what I'm constantly trying to work towards trying to teach my kids is really, how do we make this world a better place? I love it, man. Talk to me about your history. Dude, where'd you come from? So I know like after... <laughs> You can start after the basket at the bushel of, yeah. of apples that you are in. This sounds almost like the beginning of a tall tale, mm-hmm. um, right? So after the basket, then what? Because like now you, you coach just mega movers and shakers, right? All around the world. Well, fill in the blanks for us, man. Yeah, absolutely. So my parents were a big influence in terms of how I grew up. So my parents said, you know, pretty, we don't want you to struggle like we had to. So go get an education. So that's literally what I did. And, and being a uh, son of an immigrant family, especially an Indian one, their typical thing is at that time, you'd be a lawyer, you'd be an engineer, or you'd be a doctor, right? Those were the three chosen paths for you. And so I went to university uh, in the biochemistry program, and my original goal was to be a doctor. But then I soon found out when I was volunteering in the, in the hospital emergency ward that that's not something I wanted to do. I didn't like the sign uh, or the sight of blood. And it made me quiver. So I was just, you know, I said, you know what, let me step back. And I switched over to finance and then the business path. And then, you know, I've, I've had a long journey of academics. Um, I, I can put it that way. And I landed in uh, the corporate world. And so I've, that's something that I just kind of tripped upon. I started working in the corporate world, worked my way up and, and became an executive. And that's probably, you know, that's the, the, that was a big chunk of my life there was being in the corporate world. But um. You know, on paper, everything was great because I was a successful executive. My, my goal at that time was to be a CEO of a major corporation. I had led the path. I had lived the path. I had the, led marketing division, uh, sales, you name it, HR, every, almost every department or division within a large corporation that gave me the insight to what it takes to actually build and grow businesses. And so I had that technical knowledge, but I can tell you, I was, you know, on paper, I was flying around the world, had an executive position, looked all great. Um, I had a beautiful wife, a young kid at that time, but I was, I was pretty much miserable because I felt like, like I was living this life that wasn't true to who I was. Mm. I felt like I was still being controlled in some aspects because I was working my butt off of, and I, and I, can, I consider myself to be a high performer. And so I was known as a mover and shaker in, in my company because I would do things that no one else really had the guts to do. I would go in there and blow things up. If it wasn't working, I didn't, I didn't kind of shy away from it. I said, okay, this is a challenge because it was the right thing to do. But I just saw other executives just focus more on their bonuses and their tenure versus actually doing what should have been done. Mm. So I kind of created a reputation for myself. And so I just wasn't happy because I would sit around the table and, and I would just see people talking but not living up to what they were saying. And so I, I, I got frustrated. And then on top of that, my wife and I were having challenges because I wasn't being the best person I wanted to be. And she wasn't, you know, she was having her own frustrations and we were on the verge of divorce. You know, you, we could say honestly that we, we probably would have been divorced at this point. 
So I made a very big decision. I said, you know what? I'm going to change my life. I walked into work and I quit cold turkey. Literally just like that. I talked to my wife a couple of days earlier and right. she said, are you serious? Because her, you know, her biggest concern was, okay, you know, you got a great salary coming in. How are we going to maintain that? And so I just, right. I got to stop you here, man, because yeah. this, like, this is so powerful. First off, we're going to take a break because everyone's going to want to hear what happens on the other side of this. People of purpose, I have something for you. Go to my website right now, donnytuttle.com, and click on the registration, and I will send you a free mini masterclass on purpose. Listen, we talk about who are you being as a human being, taking an account for what you want to be in the future and breaking that up into smaller steps with vision boards. We tackle self-talk and what I would call your I am statements. Listen, it is a great, powerful way to get yourself rocking and rolling. Go register right now at D-O-N-N-I-E-T-U-T-T-L-E.com. Now, here's, here's the deal, man. You, you've, you, you've brought us into this, this dark place. I know you're going to pull us out. <laughs> like, I, I know you are because things, but Pardeep, how many people, man, have given themselves over to the slave, you know, to become a slave of the grind? And, mm -hmm. I, and I heard you say, man, yeah, I was in this place of status. I had this great position, but I was still being controlled. Like, I'm, I'm hearing there's like, like your creativity was held captive. Things like you, you, public failure, public success, private, private failure, right? Yeah. These things were happening. There's a switch that flips. And, 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 it, and it, like, take me down the path. Like, you were, you were now, <laughs> like, yeah. what's going through your brain when you're saying, yeah, I'm going to leave this behind? Yeah, it was very interesting. I still remember the day. So I just went on this day, um, and I, I had no idea I was going to quit at that time. I actually sat down. And I'm kind of a geek at heart. That's what I do. You know, other people like sports, watch TV or do other things outside of family. My time with work, nature, my, my dog and my kids, I really just, I just research and I study and that's what I do, right? And so I take days out and at that time I took a day out and just really sat down and took an entire day of self-improvement. And so I was reading from the Dalai Lama, I was reading from Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, all these gurus from different, from different areas. And I... It was like the perfect storm because everything came together for me. And it was just a moment of clarity that took me back to when I was seven or eight years old. And I remember playing on the driveway with Hot Wheels at that time, thinking to myself, I have no idea where I got that from, but thinking to myself, I want to be the CEO of my own company, my own business, doing good things for people. And I asked myself the question, Am I living out that path right now? Yeah, I will become a CEO, but am I really able to do good things for people, you know, depending on the company that I'm working for? And I just said, no, I want to have my own company. And so that's, that's really the crux of it. And on top of that, I just really took a stance and said, I don't want to live the life that everybody else wants me to live because, you know, even my wife, you know, we openly have this conversation, you know, I had a cushy job, a great salary, a so we were living a great lifestyle from that standpoint. Um, so there was that pressure. My, my parents, my in-laws, all these external forces that were telling me, hey, look, you're doing great. This is awesome. But inside, it wasn't the life I wanted to live. You know, I, I'm kind of more daring. I like to take risks a little bit. 
And so that was one thing that I didn't feel like I was doing. And I just knew that there was a lot more out there. And so I think for us as you know, men or women, we know when we're not being authentic to ourselves. Yes. We, just, we mask it with so many different things. And then we get the, the social proof, the acknowledgement from others that yes, you are doing the right thing. You know what? Why would you be crazy to give that up? And that's, that's what happened to me. And I just basically said, I'm done. And I, it was almost like, you know, shedding my skin. In a lot of ways it was because I had spent so much time in the corporate world. You know, 14 years is a long time. And, and, and very impressionable 14 years as well. And so I, I came out when I left. I felt like I had to, I, I didn't know myself. I had no identity. Although, you know, this is the stuff that I do, right? I, you know, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, later on is when it comes to leadership psychology and neuroscience, modern mind, I knew that stuff inside and out. But the moment when I stepped out and I said, who the heck am I? Because I was groomed to be a certain way. I was groomed to be super professional. I was groomed to speak in a certain manner, right from a business professional perspective. So I had this persona that I had to be in the corporate world. And I almost, it's almost like I completely lost myself. And so I, for the first six months, I had to regain my identity, rebuild my identity in terms of who I was, mm. which, which was, a, was a tough task. Okay, I'm, I'm curious. And by the way, sometimes uh, what you're describing to me is almost like a surgeon having to operate on himself, right? <laughs> because you know the stuff and sometimes it's the curse of knowledge because you know what it is yeah. or what it should be or whatever. But the reality is, is that like, and we've all got to come here at some point is that someone else was kind of driving the bus, right? Someone yeah. else, it was their influence. It was their dream. And, and, uh, there are a lot of people I've talked to pretty deep and I'm sure you have as well that have, that have, they've worked themselves into what they would call the, the golden handcuffs, right? Mm -hmm. The place where, man, it pays great, but they're not happy. They're dead inside. And, and to me, it's almost like, man, taking a, a lion that's meant to be just regal and, and royal and roaming and roaring and doing all these things that it's supposed to do and, and living in the thrill of the hunt, right? I have the tiger or the lion. Yeah. And, yeah. but instead putting it in a cage. Yeah. But it's a golden cage and it always has food. And it's yeah. just like, it, that's not the place of majesty that we were made for. Yeah, well. So, how, how, did you, how did you do this, man? Because like, how did you turn off gravity and, and resituate things because if you kept going and being who you were before, that's not going to work. Hey, thanks for being someone who was on this journey of purpose with me. And I am with you, my friend, and I've got something for you. Have you ever been moving towards purpose and sometimes it just looks like a big mess? Sure you have. We all have. And the reality is, is we're usually not going to get to a destination unless we have a roadmap. And that's exactly what I've created. If you will go to PurposeDrivenExecutive.com, you can get it for free. And this is the culmination of all of my studies, all of my coaching, all of even my own personal living. And I've created a very visual, very easy way for you to map out your purpose. This is for you. This is for people you're leading. This is for your family. Go on over right now, purposedrivenexecutive.com and get your free map of purpose.
No, um, I, I would say there's a number of things. One is I just hit the ground running because I was coaching and consulting on the side. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I just looked at what am I really passionate about? So there's a couple of things I said, okay, what's my purpose? What am I passionate about? And what am I good at? And so it all just came together and I just said, okay, this is a path that I want to go and pursue the coaching perspective. And it just so happened when I actually took the first few steps, you know, it wasn't all golden, but I had some roadblocks, but I also had some great successes. Doors just started to open up for me. And then when those doors opened up, I just found more doors and I, and I just uncovered, you can say, I, I never left a rock unturned. And so I just, I just kept going, okay, what's here? What's there? What do I need to do? Even when I came up against a roadblock, I just had to keep doing it because I wanted to tell myself, okay, I'm just not going to live that life anymore. I have to find the right path. Mm. Um, and even if I don't find it right away, that's okay. As long as I'm moving in the right direction. And so I, and then I took the skills that I had, I really sat down and rebuilt myself using the skills that I had from a psychology standpoint. And I said, okay, what's my identity? And this is what I take men through right now is, you know, what's my identity? What's my values? What's, what's my purpose? Again, what are my skills? What skills do I need to have? And when I leave this world, what do I want to, what do I want people to say? But also what is the impact that I want to have? Right. And it just so happened that it just, everything just flowed. And I, and I'm a firm believer and everything happens for a reason. You and I've talked about that is that, you know, th that's what's led me down this path is I saw an opening and I was kind of pulled towards it, but also pushed because right now I would say the momentum has taken off to such a point that I couldn't even stop it, even if I wanted to. Mm. All right. So I want you, to, I want you to address something here Pradeep, because there, there are people right now in the place where you were just now talking about they're in a place of darkness, maybe whether financially things are great or whether they're not, they're not, they're not where they want to be and they know it and they look in the mirror and the mirror looks back and says, come on, man, this isn't what you dreamed of when you were seven or eight years old. If you had to go back and tell your seven year old self this, you know, <laughs> it ain't going to work. Yeah. Like take, take me to that place, man, where and you gave me three, three things. You said, what, what is, uh, what's my purpose? What am I passionate about? And what am I good at? And, yeah. you, and you kind of walk through that, that assessment of those things. Yeah. Man, administer that, man. Bring, bring that to someone. And someone's like, pretty, I don't even, I don't know what my purpose is. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, how, like, talk to that person, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing is take a look, uh, before anything else, you need silence, right? And that's why I talk about modern mindfulness. Silence is the most powerful thing that you can ever, ever do. It, because when we shut out all those thoughts, right, the average person has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. It's almost impossible to really figure out where to go unless you're very honed in. And most people are not. And so I'm a firm believer and practitioner. And this is what I get, you know, this is what I coach people on as well is meditation techniques or mindfulness techniques. So take time for yourself, shut everything else out, shut the world out. I'm not, and I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about your kids. I'm talking about your spouse. I'm talking about your, your parents, your in-laws, every single influence that you have and sit down, put yourself in silence. If you can't meditate right now, I know a lot of people say, I just can't do it. Start off small, but then start to build up and you will start hearing your own internal voice rather than the voices of others. And that is the most important thing 
is that when you listen to yourself and put all the other noise outside, you are, you are directed in the right path or on the right path. And so that is the most comforting thing I can say that for me, it was just like, how do I describe it? It was like this moment of pretty, even if it doesn't work out, even if I don't make the same amount of money that I did in the corporate world, that's okay because I'll be that much happier, more fulfilled because this is who I am. It's like taking a fish out of the water. You could make the fish as fancy as you want, but it's not going to be as happy. It's not going to be as fulfilled and it's not going to be as flowing. Put the fish back into water and it's going to be happy. And I think that's what we do. We need to figure out what environment we want to live in Mm. because that is very critical um, in terms of how we live, what we live in. You know, one of the things I've been adamant with my wife about is we live outside of a major city. I will not move in. And my wife comes from a major city. And this is one of the, I would say, one of the points where we almost got a divorce on. I said, I will not move to a major city. I will not raise my kids in a major city. And I'm not putting that down. I'm just saying from a mindfulness perspective, I can show you the statistics in terms of what it does. And I just didn't want to because it just was too much flurry. And so I like the quietness because quietness brings out the truth in a lot of ways. And so the next part when I, when I talk about passion is, I see this, you know, you, you talked about the way people live. Yeah, a lot of people are, it's like the living dead. They're walking around yes. and they don't have any passion. And this was a moment for me that really changed my life. Um, it was when I was going to university and I was in, I was going to a stats class. And I, I, this is such an amazing moment for me because it was like a scene from a movie. I got up in a, in a campus of 40,000 students. I was going to class early in the morning and I looked to my left and I looked to my right and I saw these kids walk into their class and it was like they were zombies and it was like slow motion. And I just said to myself, I said, what's going on here? Like, what, you know, it just, we're just, it seems like we're just going through this motion to find, have an education. And then I went to my stats class and in my stats class, the prof was, was doing the, his formula. And I just happened to be a pretty keen person in school. And I, and I said to the guy sitting next to me, I said, why is he doing it the long way? This is taking forever. Like, it's just a waste of time. And he said, I don't know, man, he's a prof. He knows what he's talking about. I looked over to the left and same thing on the left. And then I said, okay, this is crazy. Um, and I just, and I just, it was a moment of clarity for me where I just said, I don't want to go down that path anymore. And I switched over, um, my major and, and kind of moved from there. But passion is important because we live, you know, I have the four P's. This is one of the things I focus on is you have purpose. Your purpose drives everything. Your purpose then leads to your passion and your passion leads to your priorities and your priorities then lead to your progress. And so going back to the whole purpose perspective, it doesn't, yeah, it is. And that's actually works because if anybody's, if they're not getting results, that's what I go back to. Okay. Let's take a look at it. Let's peel back the onion or the layers on the onion. Is it okay? Are you setting the right priorities? Okay. You know, or do you have the passion for it? And what's your purpose and purpose? We've kind of, we've distorted this a lot. It doesn't have to be this grandiose uh, purpose where you have to save the world or be mother Teresa. That's not it. Your purpose could be, I want to be the best mother I want to be, or the best father I can be, or I want to raise my kids in a certain manner that they turn out to be healthy, happy kids, right? It could be whatever it is. You just need to have a purpose. Because that purpose drives everything that you do instinctually and from a psychology and neuroscience perspective as well. Your purpose sets the tone for your brain. Hmm. And your brain is an action and a goal-driven organ. 
And so it needs a goal. And if you don't give it a goal, if you don't give it a purpose, it will create its own. And so that could be sitting on your phone for hours. It could be watching TV, right? It could be trying to do what someone else wants to do. So that's important. Absolutely. In the absence of purpose, you will have distraction. And if you don't have a purpose, then I'll guarantee you'll get around someone else and you'll be fulfilling their purpose because someone's walking into the room with a plan and if it's not you, um, you know, you, you've been had and, and, and really we've become a, a slave and pretty, whether it's a large city or it's looking at, at this, this guy right here, this, you know, this, I'm holding up a smartphone for the audience, you know, looking at that and, and all of these distractions are there. There are so many things that are, are trying to get in the way of that. What you, what you mentioned earlier, getting, getting alone, getting quiet, meditating, being alone. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to pivot. You said something that um, I, I want your brains on, man. There's this, there's this dichotomy when we're talking about purpose, you know, is it something that comes to you? Is it something you go and get? And especially when we're talking about drivers, both of us work with executives across, you know, doing the, these people are usually high drivers. That's what you describe yourself as before. Go, 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 go. And I, I want to hear your take, man, on parts like pushing towards or allowing things to come to you. What's the balance there when it comes to purpose? Wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough question. So if you take a look at traditional teachings, we're talking about ancient wisdom, ancient mindfulness, ancient meditation teachings. You know, the whole premise behind that is live in the moment, right? Live in the here and now. And so that is the most important thing. So what is your purpose at this time period? If it's not what you want it to be, if you're not feeling comfortable with that, if it seems out of place, then you can shift that. The challenge, what I see with today's society is that we are so future oriented that we've forgotten about the present. And that's what's happened to society. Society has, has really come to the terms that a purpose is a future goal, which it is not. A purpose is a present goal. And so at this moment, what is your purpose? Again, you can change it at any time. And when you have the aligned purpose, and I think this is probably the... I could sum it up in this is you are not only, you know, you're not just pushing because you do have to push at times. No one's just going to hand you anything on a silver platter and say, here it is. You know what? Here's a, you know, a million bucks so you can go save the world or do whatever it is. Right. It's not going to happen. You still have to move forward. You still have to take action. That's the most important thing. But there on the other side, you know, the universe also tells you and actually pulls you towards it. Things start opening up directions, doors start opening up, people start talking, you become known as a person that has that purpose, for example, and people start are attracted to you. So you, you start hanging around with people with similar purposes, right? So that just naturally happens. But the, you know, the, the important thing to notice is that if you're not aligned internally, and that's, a, that's probably the biggest work that I do with, with men, is if you're not aligned internally with your mind, your emotions, and your energy level, it will be tough to find your purpose. And so that, that is something that happens and it might happen in an instant. It might happen over time, but you will know a person will know because even though things are going sideways and I can tell you this week, I had a major blow. I can't talk about it uh, too openly because it's, there's a, there's a legal standpoint, but I had a major corporation come after our trademark for the male entrepreneur. And so 
which was a good thing because it's become that known now, but it's not because these guys have fought legal batter battles and paid millions and millions of dollars to win it. I don't know if I want to fight that fight, but I do know that my purpose is still the same and that I feel good about that. And that even though let's just say I lost the name, the male entrepreneur, so what? Who cares? I'm still doing the thing that I want to do. I'm still passionate about it. And that's why I think passion is so important is because there's an alignment with purpose and passion. When you know you have the right purpose, you're passionate about it, right? You feel that, that desire to move towards it, regardless of whether things are going for you or not, you're actually, you still want to continue down that path. And someone said this to me, one of my mentors said this to me, if, 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 if you, if strip all the income away from, from it, would you continue to do what you're doing? Absolutely. I would. Absolutely. hundred percent. So that's something to ask yourself. I love that. I love that. And you know, I always, I always see it this way, Pradeep, that, you know, when you're working from a place of purpose, we're talking about DNA. <laughs> Literally, it doesn't matter. You could reveal your plan to the whole world and they could all try to steal it. It's only a direct match for you. Yeah. And, and there's so many cookie cutter plans and schemes that are out there, right? And I'm not, I'm not uh, negating any of those at all because some of those have, have helped you and me to learn some of the things, you know, they're tactical. Yep. And, and those, are, those are pieces that we can pick up and put down at will, but nothing actually um, can, can rob us of right, that purpose and that identity. And even, even, if, even if someone were to try and repeat it, eventually they'd fail because they're only going to be second best at being yeah. you. You're so bang on. And this is something that I had to really get over. It took me a while to get over it. Because when I got into coaching, my, my idea originally wasn't to become a big brand. That's what, that wasn't my whole purpose either. But... I said at some point, I said, there's an opportunity, but then I saw these big social influencers. I saw people like Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, all these big guys. And I said, wow, like, look at these guys. Like they have such big brands and such big presence. Who am I? You know, like what, what am I compared to these people? And so I just downplayed it. And then someone said to me, and it, it was in a book. I can't remember exactly what book it is. Um, it's the, the tone was exactly what you were talking about. You are the only person that is designed and able to live out your destiny. There's only one of you and no one else can do what you can do. And so we can all carve out because one of the instinctive needs that we have as human beings is social status. And that comes from a need to be an individual, to look different, to be special, right? That's a human need and that's designed from our brain. That's the evolution of our brain. So you can carve that out. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to be massive on social media to live that out. You can be that special person for your kids, for your wife, for anybody around you, for someone that you mentor, for an animal, for example, right? There's a purpose that you can find anywhere. And so that is so important. And that's what gave me the drive because then I found a niche, I carved it, and I just continued to move forward. Love it. That's powerful. So take me here, man. All right. So you've given me like some of these, this purpose, this passion, and these are things that it, that's, that's real easy for people to preach, right? Yes. But eventually that has to turn into action yep. because just, just it, like many of us have tried to live our passion or to go after 
uh, our purpose. But the reality is, is, is eventually if we're not doing a certain action, it feels like it's, it's moving the ball. We look at that as proof and we shut down and say, see, I should just, I just need to go back to the gray world, turn off the color of this and go back over to here where it was safe. But give, give, me, give me the action, man. Give me the meat behind this. How does, how does someone now take this and turn it into productivity? Yeah, the most important thing is before you can be productive, you have to identify who you are. Because, and here's, here's something, so let's get right into the, the crux of things here. There's a hierarchy of how things work, right? And what I work with individuals is really on the self-mastery. So we'll get to that in a second. But let's talk about what happens when you master yourself internally. You, once you're master yourself, you actually create the stories. And your stories drive everything in your life. Everything you tell yourself is a story. There's very little fact that's involved. Probably 5%. Uh, actual fact, everything else is a story. So your stories determine whether you go down one path or go down another path. If you decide you're good at something or not so good at something. And then your stories determine your decisions and your decisions then determine your actions and your actions then determine your outcomes. So that is the pyramid of effect. And everybody focuses on actions right off the top of their head. Yes. That is the worst strategy you can do because until you know yourself inside and out and you develop those self-mastery skills, you will not have the right stories. And if you don't have the right stories, you won't make the right decisions. And if you don't make the right decisions, you won't take the right action and follow through with that action. So there's a system behind this. So let's get down because when I was at Stanford, for example, there's lots of studies and they're still continuing these studies on the impact of emotions on decisions. You cannot make decisions aside without having emotions. You Not cannot. You, yeah. yeah. You, you just, it's impossible. 95% of your decisions are based on emotions. So when we remove emotions, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. So there's a, there's a whole, you know, psychology perspective around that. And so a lot of people think that, you know, being logical is being important, is being actually more successful. It's not, you can make logical decisions, but you got to impact it with emotions. But let's, let's peel it back and let's really get into it because you talk about actions. Action is up, it's on the list, but you have to take actions for who you are first to determine who you are. The first thing to take a look at is identify your identity, who you want to be, not necessarily who you are at the moment because everybody will put themselves down in some way, shape or form. Yes. And so identify three characteristics of who you want to be. And keep it simple. So the first thing, you know, I'll give you an example. Myself, I'm a leader, I'm a driver, and I'm a visionary. Every single thing that I do is based on those three things. That's my identity. You, your brain, from a neuroscience perspective, will be consistent, will make decisions consistent with who it believes it is from an identity perspective. That's a given. So if you don't give yourself an identity, this is the biggest problem where most people face they don't give themselves an identity. Therefore, they take on the identity that other people have for them or with society. Say That's that right. again, man. That's most powerful. People, yeah. Most people don't have an identity. They haven't created their own identity. They've taken it on from the outside, from other people's influence. And so we have every bit of opportunity to create who we want to be as human beings. We do. Yes. Think of our brains as basically it's the hardware system of our computer. We can program it. We can switch things around. We can put in a new software platform that we can do. And we just need to condition ourselves to do that. So identity is first. Then you need to take a look at your values. 
because values are absolutely critical. Values determine your day-to-day, your, your day-to-day decisions. So what are the values that you hold? And I'm not just saying, you know, the ones that you want to hold, what are the values that you actually hold? Because if you write those down, the top 10 values, I can bet you anything you're not living up to those values or there's values on your list that you need to have that you don't have right now. And there's values that conflict. Here's a prime example. When I was in the executive world, I was making great money and I was doing very well from that perspective, but I couldn't say that I amassed wealth. And it's because when I took a look at my values, when I redefined them after, I didn't have wealth on my values list. It was never on there. It was contribution, it was love, it was giving back, it was loyalty, all of those things. But wealth wasn't on there. As soon as, the minute I put, not the minute, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but let's just say within a short time period that I put wealth on there, everything changed. So you will direct yourself in the direction of your values and you will live by your values. So make sure that you identify that values that you want to have. This is an exercise you need to do on a regular basis. Every six months, take a look at your values. Are you living up to them? Are they the values you want to have? Do you need to change them or change the order? So you've, you've given me really the, the internal core of, of a human, right? The human animal. I, I always think about it in terms of this, Pradeep. If you were um, given an opportunity to audition for a character for a role, um, you could either choose to memorize all of the lines on the script or you could create and have a backstory knowing who that character was. Mm-hmm. Which of those two, and, and study that deeply, and I think that uh, I think there, there's a method, method acting, I think is what that call, that's called in the, um, in the world of uh, showbiz. But which of those is going to elicit a more powerful and genuine and effective response. It's yes. knowing, it's knowing the character as opposed to what they should say. And so exactly. you told me is he's like, you're saying know the character in, in like these values are essentially your internal script. Yes. Because when you focus on who you are versus what you have, you will automatically do what you need to, to get there. That is, and that's most people focus on having and doing before they focus on who they are. And you can't be consistent with that. That's people, that's why people fall off diets or exercise routines or, um, you know, they set goals, for example, and they don't, they don't move forward with them. That's all because there's a science behind it. And another layer on top of that, because there's three layers within what I call your mind, because that's really what you're trying to reprogram is your filters because everything that you look at has a filter. Yes. And so you have thousands and thousands of filters and those filters were developed majority of them by the time you were eight years old and they were laid down and by that time. So that's how your brain develops. And interestingly enough, the stuff that your parents said, the stuff that your teacher said, your, your friends at that age have all contributed to the filters that you have. So the most important thing that you can do is really identify those filters. First, say, when I'm looking at the situation, which filter am I looking at it through or which filters? And are those filters still valid? Yes. Because if they're not valid, then you need to update them because most likely they are out of date. And so I'm constantly second guessing myself when I take a look at something and I say, okay, am I actually, okay, so what filter am I looking at this through? Is it the filter that I want it to be? Is it Pradeep, me, the confident person, or is it Pradeep, the child, the kid, right? Or is it the teenager? 
So I, I, I really have to analyze myself from the filter perspective and you can change those filters. Mm. And so changing those filters is important. Update and so filters. Yeah. And so oh, that's a announcement. Yes. Love it. Keep, keep going, man. Sorry. Yeah. And so that's the first layer. And then the second layer layer, which is even more important. And this is a layer that I find guys get stuck on even more is the emotional layer <clears throat> because our emotions are so important yet we don't really use them to the full degree that we should. So when someone comes to me and says, pretty, initially this is how the conversation goes. Hey, pretty, I want to grow my business or I want to make more money. This is what I want to do. I'll say, okay, great. So tell me more about it. Awesome. One of the first questions I will ask them is, okay, tell me about the emotions you want to feel. Yes. And they'll be like, what do you mean? Uh, tell me how you want to feel. Give me the top three to five emotions that you want to feel in five or 10 years on a consistent basis. And then they'll be like, well, what does that have to do with anything? I said, everything. Because those top three emotions are what going to, are going to dictate your path and whether you're going to continue on that path or not, or whether you will be successful in attaining your goal, but be miserable at the end of it. Because they're not, they're not the same. Because there's a lot of people out there that have made a lot of money, have awesome careers, but are darn right miserable. And so having the emotional awareness, what I call the emotional mastery when it comes down to that is so critical because let's just say your top three are, you know, I'm just throwing it out there is joy, passion, and love, for example. Well, then you have to design your lifestyle around that. What kind of lifestyle is going to support that? And then move backwards and say, what kind of career or business is going to support that lifestyle? Most people just jump right to the career and business and they skip that. And they soon realize that they have this growing business, but it's taken away from their lifestyle. They don't have that lifestyle to have those emotions. So someone, you know, I'll have this and it'll be interesting because I'll have someone say, Hey, look, you know what? I just want to be more peaceful inside, but I want to make a hundred million dollars a year. Well, sorry, but that just doesn't jive at this moment. Maybe once you have that consistently and you, you have systems in place and you know, you can step away from the business and not have to worry at all, you might feel some inner peace, but on the way there, you definitely will not. I can promise you that. So then they take a look and they say, okay, maybe I don't need to make a hundred million dollars. Maybe it's $10 million. Maybe that, you know, maybe that will suffice because I'm inner peace is more important, but there's a, there's a huge piece here from an emotional standpoint because we all have Donnie, emotional homes mm. and our emotional defaults and our emotional defaults again are set most, mostly from our childhood. And so we go back to that. We go back to that emotional default in stress situations, even in normal situations. That's why some people that are just have everything are just downright miserable. And some people that are just happy um, and they have next to nothing because they've built that default. And so what we do is we reprogram their emotions so they're feeling that. So the, the thing is everybody talks about mindset. And so, you know, this is something that I'm very adamant about. Mindset is one part of the overall equation. Cause I've seen people read books on mindsets, go to seminars on mindset and they make no progress. It's because there's an ecosystem, your mind, your emotions, and your energy are actually all intertwined. If you don't work on all three together as an ecosystem, you will not make the progress because emotions, let's just say there's five major emotions, but you have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Which one is easier to manage? It's tough to keep track of 60 to 80,000 thoughts. 47% of the time your thoughts are going sideways. You have no idea where they're going. But if you focus on doing what I call doing an emotional check every hour, 
and you say, you know, you have your top three emotions and every hour on top of the hour, you say, am I living up? I have reminders. Am I living to these emotions? Okay. If I'm not, what do I need to do? Am I in a state of stress right now? Okay. Am I, drill, yeah, dr oh, I was going to say drill, drill in here because so like the way that Pradeep does his emotional checks, do you set this out? Is it the three emotions that you, that you yep. say, okay, it's, so it's those three. Yeah. It's every hour you're looking and you're saying, is like, am I living these three emotions yeah. right now currently? Is that what, is that how Exactly. That am I living these three emotions? And then I'll say, okay, what, what environment am I, if I am awesome, just continue. Then I say what I, what I call is amplify. It's like turning on the, turning up the volume on your amplifier. Let's crank the sucker up. What can I do to actually amplify it even more? The other, on the other side, if I'm not, then I say, what context, what environment am I in? Because if I am in the right environment to feel those emotions, then I need to do something different, right? Then I need to change what I'm thinking about, change my physiology because physiology, your body has a big component to your emotions, right? Just standing up, putting your hands on your hips will actually boost your testosterone for men and even women and give you more confidence, for example, or use my words, right? Words are important because the stuff you tell yourself, your brain actually interprets and actually programs your brain again. But if it's, let's just say if I'm, you know, one of mine is passion and joy, um, that those are two of my top ones. Well, if I'm in a state where let's just say I'm talking to my lawyer, for example, I'm, I know in that environment, that's maybe not the right context. So I'm okay with that. Right. I'll feel joy once I get off the phone, but I'm going to have this conversation and we're going to debate back and forth about certain things. So that's okay. So just be aware of the environment because there's times where you can't or you don't need to, or it's not optimal for you to be, you know, you don't want to be, I'm just, I don't, I don't know. You don't want to be in a ring in a boxing match and feeling total inner peace and just, you know, bliss. You want to feel like you're on your game, right? So that's, those are the things that you have to keep in mind in terms of that. And it's a whole other ball game when you focus on emotions, because ultimately here's the most important thing, your brain and everything that you do is designed to accomplish what you feel in terms of your emotionals and your body state. So basically you do everything based on your feelings and your emotions. Bottom line. It's not based on your thinking. You don't tell yourself, Hey, I think I'm hungry. It's I feel hungry, right? Or I think I'm loving. I'm in love. They're all feelings and emotions. That's how your brain plays out and you do actions or you play out actions based on that. So if you don't focus on your emotions, you're actually, again, you're short, short circuiting yourself and you're not going to get as far ahead and your quality of life isn't going to be where you want it to be. But if you do watch what happens, you're going to be able to accomplish so much more and you're going to have such a more fulfilling life. I love it, man. This is, uh, this is good. And, and you, you kind of went into a part too where um, it, it, it tripped something in me. I don't know if it's PTSD or what, but in our industry, in our industry being the self-improvement industry, right? A lot of times relies on fear tactics and putting oneself down. And um, really it's almost like trying to harness those 80,000 thoughts versus actually being in control of the things that are much more manageable. Um, what, what do you see, man, in the, uh, in the self-improvement industry? Where are we going right? Where are we going wrong? Yeah, it's interesting. It's very borderline. So I have mixed emotions on this myself. I'll be very honest. The reality is I like to be a positive person, right? And I like to bring out the positive outcomes. 
The challenge is, is that most people, there's two types of people, people that will move towards something positive yeah. and people that will move away from something negative. Majority of people move away from something negative. That's, that's, how our, that's how our society is designed, actually. Media's actually pushed this. We've, society has actually just shifted this to such a degree that in order to get people to act, sometimes you do have to scare them. You have to get them to understand what the consequences are for their brain to trigger. And again, that's a neuroscience perspective. You have to trigger that amygdala for them to say, I got to do something different because everybody is different. We have to understand our brains, although generically they are similar, they are very different as well. Every person is motivated by different things, right? And they have different chemical receptors. So fear tactics will work for some people. They will not work for other people. It doesn't work for me. It just, you know, it doesn't work for some of the people that I work with. That's not something I like to use. Here's what's more important though, is asking questions because most people operate on statements. Very few people operate on questions hmm. because when, when you use statements, again, statements is, they think it's definitive. It's this way and nothing outside of that. But when you ask a question, it actually opens up a circuit in your brain for your brain to actually start searching for alternatives. So that's why you can't change someone's beliefs by telling them something, but you can question, get them to ask themselves a question and they might automatically challenge their own beliefs. Well, that's a, that's a nugget for all of you coaches who are out there. Never tell someone what you can ask them, right? Like allowing yeah. them to own it. So we're on the, we're on the tail end of this, my man. I could, I could talk to you for a long time past this. There's no question about it. Um, but I, I know some things, and you, you've touched on it, but I'd love to see if you could leave a couple of presents for the crowd in, in terms of helping out. There's the, the, the two things. That, so number one is self-mastery, and the other one is just modern mindfulness. And if there is, is there something that you can like a, a, a nugget to whet the appetite. Yeah. By the way, definitely go to PradeepSenga.com um, and you, you'll see lots more. You can also check out the Male Entrepreneur Podcast. I've become a, a, a new fan and I, I recommend you do that as well. But man, give us a nugget or two on self-mastery and or modern mm -hmm. mindfulness. Yes. Yeah, so I'll kind of bring the two together. The first thing to take into consideration is that Every, a lot of people talk about time being your most important resource or asset. It's not, it's your energy mm. because you can have all the time in the world, but if you don't have the right energy to execute or live it effectively, you will not be. So energy is very important. That's where mindfulness comes in. Mindfulness is being more aware of the here and now this moment, because that's the only time you have the energy and it's physically impossible for you to have energy tomorrow or in the past. And so when I talk about modern mindfulness, I'm not talking about, I laugh because I'm like, it's not a shaved head guy sitting there meditating for hours. Funny enough, I, I kind of do that sometimes, but it's, you know, I'm not a monk. We have to understand that society has changed as well, is that we can't go back to those days where people did practice meditation for seven or eight hours a day and that was their life. We do have to understand that we are here to live life to the fullest, which means that you have to play out your desires. And this is the most important thing is everybody has different desires, whether that's from a, you know, workout perspective, sports, occupation, sexual preferences, whatever it is, live it out. That's what you're, as long as you're not hurting other people and you're not hurting yourself, live it out because there's a misconception. That's why I say modern because there's a misconception that if you're 
mindfulness is traditionally an ancient technique where, you know, people are celibate and, you know, they're monks and that that's not what it's about, you know, and there's a difference between, you might have heard of this, the term ego, right? Ego ruins people and ego is, you know, this, this evil thing about individual, you know, we're going into the spiritual realm here a little bit, but ego is very important because it also gives us a sense of who we are as individuals. And so we need to understand who we are as individuals. And so that is one of the core components of modern mindfulness is really understanding that, yes, we all have a part to play in this overall path and this world, but we are also individuals. And I am here to live out how I want to live, not necessarily how I should live or how you want me to live. This is me. But again, going back to that, here's my last piece of uh, nugget I could say, is don't just focus on mindset. Focus more on your emotions and focus more on your energy because it's all an ecosystem. You know, right now mindset is great, but it's also a fad, right? A lot of people are talking about it, but there's so many components that are aligned outside of that, that we need to bring together and actually work on those components. So don't worry about time, focus on your energy because that is what's going to give you a better mindset and a better emotional state. So you can actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. You heard it here from Pradeep Sangha. Listen, check him out on PradeepSangha.com. He is the male entrepreneur. You can find him on Apple, Stitcher, all the other places, iTunes, uh, where you get your podcast at, the male entrepreneur. Dude, it has been so much fun hanging out with you today. I have, I have, uh, like, I have, I normally write in a notebook, but I decided to write on my question sheets. I've got four <laughs> notes here. This is good stuff, man. And uh, thanks for opening up your, uh, your brain and your spirit and your heart to us today, man. I appreciate it, Pradeep. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you again. I, I really do appreciate the opportunity to be here and chat with you. It was awesome. I got a great vibe from you. <laughs>